Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I'm going back to something we spoke about yesterday. I promised you I would and I certainly am a man that keeps my word. Yes, we were talking yesterday on the show about record players or turntables, decks they're called too. And I was telling you yesterday that for the first time since 1987 in the United States, uh, vinyl records outsold CDs and with downloads on the down as well well the era of the record is back now we're talking about LPs of course and I was wondering had people still their old record player turntable or whatever pre say 1987 and I was amazed at the amount of people that have thank you indeed for getting in touch with us and we're going to talk to a couple of them now uh, standing by in Dundalk is Helen Nesbitt and Anne Gilson is in Kells hi ladies hello Jerry Great to have you with us on the show. Helen, can I ask you first, tell me about your record player. When did you, when did you buy it? How far does it go back, Helen? Um, and my mother actually gifted it to me about 15 years ago. Um, now, she didn't have it. She knew I was looking for one for ages and she happened to get it for me for a present at one time. And um, I wouldn't have any of them more longer than that, you know. Yes, yes, but yeah. but but it, your mother had it, so it goes back pre the eighties, anyway, for sure. Oh yeah, it would be nineteen late fifties, early sixties. Oh my God, yeah, Helen, yeah. that's a real uh, beauty altogether, and it's working. Oh, it's working a hundred percent. Yeah, it's a wee, um, it's a wee monarch radiogram. It's a very pretty little thing. It's in a wee take case with wee black tubular legs and a kind of a speaker all across the front of it. It's really lovely now. Do you play records on it? I do. I play records all of the time, Jerry. yeah. Good on you. Yeah. So this, the, the, the CD trends, the downloads and everything have come and you've still played away with the vinyl record? I do indeed, and also with the CDs, I didn't let that go either. (laughs) But um, I I just love it, you know. I really Mm. get so much pleasure from it, and it's endless pleasure, actually, with the music, yeah. That is lovely to hear. Is it albums you play? Does it play singles and albums, or just albums? It can play singles. You can put six singles on at one time, and, you know... Yes. 
rotate and then just I only put one LP on yeah at the one time and the sound and the sound yeah, the is sound lovely is magnificent isn't it? mm. it's actually music as it should be to my ears anyway yes and who do you like to play what records obviously you have the records quite a time what are you playing and who do you play in it who do you love I love such a wide variety of people. I just love music. And I could have country and western on this minute and I could have rave on the next. Mm. I could have classic on. Yesterday I was playing um, Al Jolson, actually, yesterday. And I never know what I'm going to take out and just say to myself, throw it on there, you know. Yeah, so you have a a lovely collection and a wide range of uh, LPs too. I would have a large collection, yeah, of LPs and singles, yeah, I would. And you know the way the vinyl has come back, have have you bought anything lately or are you happy with the huge collection you have going back? Well, I'm always on the outlook for a purchase and I have actually bought um, Johnny Cash there, Falls in Prison, even though I had the original. I bought it in Belfast there maybe, maybe a month ago. Mm. And it's the new, a new one. And I, I'm not all that keen on it because of the weight of the vinyl. It's very, very heavy. Yes. But a good sound. But I just don't like the feel, the texture of the vinyl. Isn't that funny? I noticed that too. The new vinyl is a heavier set than what was previously when vinyl was the number one. That's right. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. But it yeah. Pl- it plays fine on your monarch, Yes. Oh, it does, 100%, yeah, definitely, yeah, I've played it many times, and since I got it, as I said to you, even though I have the original, uh, I still played it, maybe because I bought it new, I don't know, but no doubt I'll be going back to the original of it anyway, mm. you know, that's, that's the way I do it. God, Helen Nesbitt, you're a real aficionado with your lovely monarch and all your records too, I have to say. Stay there a second. I want to say hello to Anne Gilson. She's in County Mead this afternoon. Hi, Anne. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. You're listening to Helen there and she loves our monarch. What what, what have you got when it comes to the turntable? What have you? Well, I was in the Ferguson studio, 20D. Right. We bought it in 1981. Okay. And it is uh, the turntable, and it has tape in it as well, Jerry. Oh, you're very fancy altogether <laughs> with your tape. Oh deck. yeah, we're, we're fancy, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you and uh, the Ferguson? Is it part and parcel? Would it be in regular use, or what's the story? Not at the moment, Jerry, because we have to go and buy a new needle for it. Right. Our needle broke and it so it did when we were playing the record so we said right we have to go and get a new one we don't want to destroy any of our records Yes that we have Where would you go looking for a needle I'm just thinking Well now I don't know Jerry. to be honest with you but we'll put, put it out there and we can see can we get one somewhere Absolutely anyone out there tell us where Helen would go and or Anne would go and uh, pick up a record needle for our Ferguson uh, Studio 20D a, play, a record player if you if you know or you know where they're sold let us know 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text I will be chatting to Neil Waters from Classified Records in a moment so perhaps he'll be able to tell us as well what do you love to listen to yourself you sent me and I see some pictures of your album Christy Moore is a big one of yours is he? Yeah Christy Moore Joe Dolan Philomena Begley Don Williams The Country Cowboy Wolf Tones I have all the old ones and chart hits uh, there as well, hits, I see. Yeah. yeah. 
bunch of artists and we have a couple of singles as well. So we have, so they were all bought in the 80s. Mm. So at one stage it was, you know, part and parcel of your listening. You, you listen to it regular. Which, oh, yes, yeah. we did, yeah. Mm. Definitely. Are, are, you, are you happy to hear that, you know, vinyl has made this big comeback and that it's outselling CDs? Yeah, because we don't, well, CDs, I haven't got a CD player, so I haven't, never had. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. it was either the tapes or the vinyl. Yeah, so you didn't move on at all to see. So, you see, yeah. you're, you're back in fashion now, big time. Um, Definitely. I, I did ask uh, Helen as well, sound-wise, do you, do you prefer the sound from the record player? Yeah, because we have speakers in the sitting room, so we have, so it comes out. Okay. In the sitting room, and it's absolutely lovely, so it is. Yeah, yeah, there is. A, came with speakers. Yeah, they say there's a pureness about it. I know the technology can do anything with sound today, of course, but people love uh, the sound from from the record player. So all you're short now, Anne, is a needle. Is a needle. <laughs> That's all I'm short. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, we are going to sort that out for you for sure. We definitely are. You're great, and you sent us a picture of the decks as well there by WhatsApp and, and, and all the albums too. Ah, you can't beat music. You really can't. Yeah, Helen, it's no. a music. Helen said it there. Helen, music is a big part back to you of your life. Yeah, big, big part. A big part, yes. The radio was always on in the kitchen and the whole lot, so it is day and night. Mm. And there's one in the, we have one out in the shed too. Yes. So he's a garage and there's one out there as well, so it's always on. Mm, my. So when the kids are coming. <laughs> What's he doing with the radio on? I was on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what would life be without music? Anyway, Helen, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much, Jerry. A pleasure to speak with you. And you too as well. And I say it to you, keep on listening, keep on spinning those discs on that lovely machine of yours and enjoying all the music that you enjoy. It's wonderful to hear somebody who really loves and has a passion for it, Helen. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks a million. Take care of yourself. Thank bye bye. That's Helen. Bye to you as well, Anne and Gilson in, in County Me. Thank you so much for taking our call. Goodbye, Jerry. Take you care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Helen Nesbitt and Al Gilslin, who have their turntables, record players, decks, whatever you like to call them. I'm going to take a short break because Neil Waters from Classified Records is joining us next to continue the chat. Have you got a deck? Do you play the records still? Let us know. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. If you have one, you want to WhatsApp me in a picture, I'd be delighted with that too. Back in late lunch in a moment. And Gilson needs a needle for a record player. Listeners, great help from the listeners always on late lunch a shop called Sounds Around in Capel Street in Dublin I'm sure have the needles she needs says a listener what about trying the sound shop Jerry? they may have them too thanks indeed Dermot was on to us from Trim he called in to say he is a suitcase type old record player plays 33 and 45 speed with a red and white lid and it's working perfectly and he absolutely loves it Neil Waters from Classified Records joins me hi again Neil Hi, Jerry. Well, the news yesterday I mentioned on the show, and we've been following on today, that, uh, you know, sales of vinyl in the States have uh, surpassed CDs for the first time since 1987 is interesting indeed. And something I'm sure that's music to your ears, Neil. Yeah, I've seen this report a few times, Jerry. I'm not sure if it's from a particular label or not, but yes. records have been selling CDs for a number of years now, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, the trend there is that CDs are. Uh, at their end of their life cycle, really. Yes. Um, there is a market for CDs, uh, the second-hand market. 
Um, based on price, you know, you can get four CDs for a tenner secondhand, four great albums. So that's kind of driving that market. But I don't know if I told you before, but we, I read a report when I first opened the shop that said that the two quickest ways to close your record shop is one is to overstock on new releases every week. And the second one is to overstock on CDs and DVDs. Now, DVDs are dead, okay, long gone because of Netflix and streaming services. Uh, um, most tellies don't even have um, cabling connections for DVDs anymore. If you get, mm. get you know, so that's the end of that. But CDs, um, you know, even though they they had a high point probably in the early nineties, um, but like I think Spotify started in two thousand and eight, so that's what fifteen years ago. Mm. So that would have, you know, and by twenty twenty twenty, CDs were almost dead. So yes, um, I don't sell CDs because I'd be I'd be out my year if I did mm. <laughs> I'd be losing money every day trying to stock CDs you know there's yes, a couple of big shops yes. in Dublin doing them Tara Records I think Clada Records do a lot of Irish music on CD and I push people there if somebody's looking for a, you know like I heard you talking about the sound seller and I oh, sorry the sound shops in Dublin mm. and they're great places because they've dozens of years of experience behind them yes and really that's what you're kind of paying for sometimes in a shop is, is the, the, the trust of the person behind the counter who generally should know what they're talking about. Yeah, you know? of course. Helen Nisbet was on to me, uh, Helen's in the dock there, and she loves her uh, turntable. She has a beauty. She has a monarch, an old one, and she plays it regular. And um, she was just saying to me, a, a general comment, maybe you can um, further uh, comment on this. She was saying that when you look at the albums from years ago on the vinyl and the vinyl today, they're much heavier and thicker than yeah. new ones. They are. They're heavier. They're about... 250 grams in weight, uh, probably, yeah, between 200 and 250, whereas records years ago were under 200, they were like more like 180 gram. And do you remember, Jerry, for a while in the mid-70s, there was what we what you'd nearly call a floppy disc. It was a very weak vinyl. Mm. Do you remember there was records that they were called Dino Flex or Dino Vinyl? Right. And there was a, an OPEC uh, oil crisis in 1973 or four, probably caused by somebody in America, right? Yeah. But uh, an OPEC oil crisis, which affected the price of oil, which brought the price of records up. And if anyone in their collection has a quick look through the collection and finds very low-grade, cheap, almost floppy disc vinyl from the mid-'70s, that's why. Right. Because there was a glo- global price increase, and the quality went way down. Like, there were almost mulching re- old recycled records together. And I noticed that even since I opened the shop, because I've been collecting, personally collecting records all my life. And I noticed that they're far heavier today. Now, yeah. if you only have a weakish kind of turntable, maybe an entry-level turntable, it's going to struggle to pull that weight all the time. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So if I, my tip to anybody looking for a decent turntable is not buy the dearest, don't buy the cheapest, buy something in the middle and anywhere high of uh, 150 quid will get you a very good turntable. But anything cheaper, you'll probably end up upgrading it because it'll, you'll find it underwhelming. Yes, that's good yeah. ad- Good advice. And, and, and tell us this, do you sell turntables in the we shop? Well, right. We've always sold turntables. It's a big feature of the shop. I do one particular brand, which I trust on, a bit like a mechanic who likes fixing a certain type of car. I've always used Technics decks, and there's a brand called Audio Technica, which we sell. And, you know, the, the, you know starting at around 200 quid, 
it might be a wee bit more than people want to spend. But as somebody who's DJed all their life, this is just what we recommend here. And if you want to get a cheap one, we'll, we'll show you where you can maybe go down to Argos or maybe some weeks Little is selling one in the middle aisle. Um, you can buy a briefcase thing to maybe uh, start your uh, kids up on an entry-level system. But I do see that most people who are pretty serious about their music end up buying uh, you know, uh, uh, spending a couple of hundred quid in a turntable because mm. it's worth it in the end. Mm. What about needles? Because Anu, I don't know, yeah. her needle is broken. Do you cover a, a range of needles we there? don't. No, oh. and, uh, that would be a separate shop. I, right. Again, people come into me every week. And again, I just can only recommend shops in Dublin. There's, yes. a, there's a guy on eBay selling needles called the Needle Doctor. Right. And he's over 100,000 sales. Wow. Great yeah. name, I have to I, say. Yeah. <laughs> I buy my needles off them, or I, you know, and again, a tip for someone buying a needle if you're going to buy one, buy a second one. Mm. Just spend that extra 15, 20 quid in a second one so you'll always have a backup. Yeah. Um, never brush your needle. People sort of get in and try and move the needle to clean it. That's a definite no no because if the needle gets misaligned slightly, it's going to affect the playing of the record and you're going to end up scratching every single groove on the record. So don't brush your needle, don't touch it. If it's not aligned perfectly, try and recenter it or take it out and replace it. Um, I use a, I have a great little thing called a photon-based blue tack, which is a little piece of blue tack that I drop the needle into like an inkwell, and you hear it sucking the sort of very mi- microfiber dust off the needle that you can't even see. Mm. So that's how much you can clean a needle. It, it's, it, you're getting into... Uh, dust that actually sticks to the needle mm. and a lot of people don't even realize that the needle actually wears down like a tire on a car and it'll end up going bald just like a tire and you can probably drive your car until the tire explodes and then you know you're in trouble it's the same with a needle um, when you see the needle sort of coming right next to the cartridge and almost sitting on the record that's when you know it's time to change because mm. it does a raise down like a, a nib on a pencil or a tire on a car there you go so maintaining cleaning your needle uh, etc is very very important. How many plays do you get from needle? How do you know your needle is oh, born? Good question. Uh, it, it, loosely based on hours, you could say three or four thousand hours, but how do you compute that into your moderate, your daily life? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you'll get years on it. Depends mm. how much. I mean, I know that I play in here in the shop, we play records for, what, 40, 50 hours a week, and I only change my needles every two or three years. Mm. So. There you, you get, go. You, yeah, with a bit of care, you'll get four or five years out of a needle. No yeah, problem. yeah. Um, going back, and you you mentioned you, you DJ there, and you were a, a fixture in the spirit store for yeah. years. Under what name? Well, our group name was Evil Presidentes. It was a collaborative DJ right. group. And we just, we had a residency down in the spirit store for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. Mm. And it was playing once a month. And for no money now, you know, just yes. for a few pints. And, yeah. uh, you know, I maybe can include maybe 40 or 50 people that played with us. You know, guys, girls, musicians, non-musicians, friends, people looking for a slot, people who, you know, were just had a collection of records and wanted to play live some night. And we were almost training people while we were playing. And then when you actually show a musician how to DJ, they're very, very good at it because they're naturally soft hands and yeah. Uh, yeah they're kind of natural DJs as well even though they've never done it so great fun the spirit store was great to us for many many for so so long and I mean, while I've DJed in other places the spirit store being a bona fide music venue was a great spot to play mm. in mm. I have to ask you your first single your first album oh Jerry yeah I admitting this on radio now I, the first single I ever bought was a 12 inch of vanilla ice 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 baby <laughs> <laughs> I love it 
Okay. You can retire me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I just admitted that light in the room. Uh, there you go. Neil Waters reveals all on Late Lunch today. And what about album-wise? Do you remember your first album? Or who it it was? was? Yeah, it was a KLF album, which was kind of... Uh, yeah. If I still had it, it'd be worth a lot of money today. It was a, a Scottish band, almost dance music. It was the early 90s. Right. All the rage then, yeah. Mm. And, um, and um, you know, valuable people today, like, uh, as I said, I spoke to Helen and Anne earlier. I'm sure there's people with records in their collections that are, you mentioned, value, that that are valuable. Uh, really, yeah. Um, and, you know, if anybody's, you know, again, condition's the most important thing. Okay. Like, if you have a lovely... Abbey Road by the Beatles but it's got loads of scratches in it well you may as well put it in your wall because it's not worth anything because mm. it's unplayable um, condition is the most important thing and mind you that's a paradox isn't it because if, if you love a record how are you not going to play it Yes. and pull it in out of the sleeve it's going to get a bit of wear and tear like your own body down the years so unless you kept I mean there's a great story about Ringo Starr's white album that was sold four or five years ago the Beatles double album um that he, it was his and they were numbered at the front and his was number four. And I think he only got half a million pounds for that. That was Ringo Starr's album that he'd never played. My. I think that's the most expensive record of all time. Really? So, yeah. Um, and do you know what? Sometimes sentimental values work more to people. Mm. I turn down records and collections and I give people sort of say, look, that record, we've checked that out. That's worth 80 quid. You know, you've got strange genres, almost like, say, punk from Northern Ireland. That's huge money today. You could sell a record that was made in small numbers up in Derry, 5,000 records. That could be worth a couple of hundred quid today in good yeah. condition. Yeah. You know, so there's Terrific. avid collectors in all different genres of music. Yes. Some yes. are more popular than others. Some are more valuable. But, and time passes with things. And like, for example, the Rolling Stones have kind of stalled. But just wait till Mick Jagger or Keith Richards passes. Right? I'm not putting the markers on them just yet. Yes. But when, what I mean is the, 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 the hype that they yes. will, people will then start exploring their music and going, wow, I took them for granted. A bit like when David Bowie died. A lot of people went, do you know what? I never really listened to David Bowie much. And unfortunately, there must be a name for it. There must be a title that for people that get into stuff when yeah. someone dies. I'm like that. I did that yeah. with Leonard Cohen. I did it with David Crosby recently. Mm. And... You know, like, we, we did a story on social media about who's next to die in terms of music yeah, age-wise. Yeah. I think Willie Nelson is the oldest so, living musician. Yeah, the message today is watch this space. We don't mean them to drop off, but the value shoots to the roof. Neil, have to leave it there today. You're okay. great. Lovely to talk to you. Neil Waters, Classified Records. Give him a check out. Call into him. He is just brilliant. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Jerry. Pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Take care of yourself. Heading top of the hour at two. So we might as well keep the records going. It's Picture House and Heavenly Day. Good morning, but it's raining everything you've ever said, yeah. We have been talking about the issue of homework for school children on the show recently on a number of occasions. And it, it really is a live topic at the moment. And we're going to have a chat about it for the next while uh, with uh, the principal of uh, the primary school in Termenfeck in the national school there and some of the students at the school. I'll say hello first to Principal Brian Collins. Hi, Brian. Hi, Jerry. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining me today. Well, from a principal teacher's point of view, where do you stand, yay or nay? Uh, well, I think you can uh, probably anticipate this answer. 
I know homework, it's been a hot topic and it's been discussed and debated for years and the value of homework and the nature of homework and the length of time spent at homework. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, it's not real, really clear cut, but I think a sensible amount of reinforcement work and practice at home and practice of skills is, is a good thing. And I think it is a useful uh, thing to have that link and to foster that link with uh, parents because they they are the primary educators and we'd like to think we can work hand in hand with parents without you know um, inflicting any unnecessary stress or or uh, pressure or anxiety on the family and on children. So a little a little bit I think would would, would go a long way. So Brian, what is a little bit? Come on, quantify it. Obviously it changes as they move from, they come into a primary school and move through towards sixth class and then they go on to second level. You know, for early on, middle of that cycle and then towards sixth class, give us a feel. What should it be? Very little in the early days, is yeah, it? Well, listen, to be, to be honest with you, every, every school has, has their own homework policy. So that would be developed in conjunction with, the, uh, with all the partners, with parents, and discussing it with children and with staff. And... You know, it would, and ironically, this is the ironic thing, the junior and senior infants are the ones who are most enthusiastic about homework because they're learning to read, they're at school for the first time, and, you know, they like showing their parents what they're doing at school. Mm. Now, as the children get older, that diminishes somewhat. Uh, but, you know, a, a reasonable amount, and the homework, to be honest with you, in, in the early years, it's more about shared reading with their parents, talking about books, uh, practicing their handwriting, but it's very little, you know, 10, 15 minutes mm. in the evening time. Now, that will ramp up probably a little bit more. And again, you could say in, in, in the senior classes, maybe uh, 30, 40 minutes. But again, some children will, will complete their homework much quicker than that, and other children may uh, find it hard to to do it with, within within that time period. Yes. Is it something you would like to see standardised across schools? You know, it's very much in the remit of the teacher, the class as well at the moment, isn't it? Or do you have a policy in the school there? Yeah, there is, there is a policy here, but I suppose, you know, schools will differ, and schools are encouraged to, de- to design and to formulate their own policy based on their you know, how things work in their own school and what's best for the students in their, in their opinion. And I, I think, you know, there, there would be recommendations. And I think time has to be given for children to, to play, to socialise, to have hobbies, to get involved in other things and to have family time at home. But I think, you know, a small amount of time spent in the evening is, is a good thing to reinforce uh, learning at school because we've been talking about curriculum overload for years. There's only so much you can do at school and I think if you abolish homework completely I think it may even put a little bit more pressure on what's being done during the school day to try to cover curriculum areas. Mm, that's a, a fair point I have to say. Now you have three happy homework uh, <laughs> students <laughs> well, of the school standing beside you there I believe. I, I'm very optimistic that they're going to give very balanced uh, uh, opinions on homework, the pros and cons. I have no idea what they're going to say but I'm, I'm hopeful. Okay well, well um, listen can we start with da- what's Daniel's second name? Daniel Coogan. I'm going to pass the phone over to Daniel yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll let you have a, 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 chat, with a chat with him. Just between the two of you, of course. Yeah, great, great. No bother. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Hello. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Well, what do you think about the whole homework thing? Tell me, um, how much homework do you get? You're in fifth class there at the minute. What would your homework, how long would it take? Uh kind of depends because sometimes if you have stuff on during the week you might do a bit more on Monday mm. 
so maybe like 15 minutes on average okay. if I'm quick with it Oh, if you're quick, oh, you must be a quick then, a, a quick doer of the homework, are you, Daniel? <laughs> I'd like to say so. A <laughs> good man yourself. And do you find it that you, it's no problem to you that you get through it okay? It's not that hard, but like I'd rather spend the time outside with my friends or talking to them online. Oh, I see. So talking online is a big part, is it? Yeah. You spend a lot of time. Would you spend much time online talking to your friends? Um, Maybe an hour or so. It depends if it's during the week or on the weekend. Yeah, so more at the weekend than through the week. Yeah. But you'd rather be doing that than doing the 15 or 20 minutes homework. Definitely. <laughs> How would you feel if I said to you, or uh, Mr. Collins, your teacher said, no more homework? How would you feel about that? Uh, I'd definitely be very, very happy. Would you? <laughs> and, and, and you heard Mr. Collins saying there that during the day then, you know, might bring more pressure on you in the class that you'd have to be more intense there. W- would that, you know, you'd be winning on one side with no homework, but perhaps more pressure on the other. Do you understand that? Yeah. Mm, yeah, that might be, a, might be an aspect of it. So um, who's your teacher? Who teaches you in fifth? Uh, Mrs. McManus. Okay, and she gives you homework. You have homework each evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Do you have anything to do Friday and the weekends? No. Okay, so it's Monday to Thursday is homework, is it? Yeah. Great. And and what what does the homework comprise of? For an example, what was your what was your homework last night? Uh, well, seeing as we have a three week day, Miss McManus just gave us our English homework. Right. So that was all you had to do last night. Yeah. And you skated through that in less than 15 minutes, did you? Yeah. Okay, and would you get different subjects different nights? Is that the way, or would you have a few to do on the one night? Uh, we'd usually get maths, English and Irish every night. Okay, so you'd have the three of them. She's very kind, isn't she? She's a nice teacher. Great teacher. Oh, great teacher. You see that? She thinking about the short week that's in it as well and not giving you too much. Good man, Daniel. Will you pass me on to Georgia there, please? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thank you. Georgia. Hello. Hi, Georgia. How are you? Good. What's your second name? Hall. Georgia Hall. And uh, what class are you in in Terman Fekin? Sixth class. Oh, so you're you're in the final year there? Yeah. Okay. Let's ask you the same question. Do you love the homework? Do you really love it? Would you like to keep doing homework? Um, I feel like the homework, it's all right. Yeah. So it's okay. Uh, Go on. Maybe uh, we could get rid of a little bit of homework. Right. So how long does your t- homework take, roughly, on, a, on an evening, Georgia? Maybe 20 minutes. Okay, so it's not too bad. Similar to what Daniel told me a, a moment ago, ago there. And you just work your way through it. When do you do it? This is Now, what time do you finish school at? We finish school at 3 o'clock. You go home. Do you have a little break then? Do you have something to eat? What happens then? I go home, I get something to eat and then I usually put all my school stuff, like my lunchbox, away and then I get started on my homework. So you'd like to get it done pretty soon after you have something to eat? Yeah. And that leaves you free then. What do you do after that? When you have the homework done, I'm sure you cheer, you're delighted, it's all over. What happens then? Um, On some days I go swimming and then other days I... I either bake or spend time with my family. Good woman. Do you love baking? 
Yeah, I like baking. What do you love to bake most? What's your favourite thing to bake that you enjoy? Banana bread. Oh, I love banana bread too. I don't get it that often, but it's gorgeous. It really, really is. So you have lots of interest when you have the homework done. But do you feel you cope okay with like, you know, 15, 20 minutes of homework? That's all right. Are you happy enough with that? Yeah, I feel like that's like a good enough amount of time. Yeah, enough. See, you've done your day and you have that to do then. Again, I'll ask you because I asked Daniel, if there were no homework to be done, how would you feel about that? Um, first, it would feel like a little bit weird not having to come home and do any homework. Right. Then I think I'd get used to it. Mm. And would you like it if, it? if you had the choice to do some homework or none, what would your choice be, Georgia? Probably some homework, but not too much. Good. That's really, really interesting to hear. So you'd like to see it retained, but not too much of it, that you're not too long at it. Yeah. Your last year in the school, will you be sad leaving? Definitely, I'll be sad. And where are you heading for after term in Fekin? Uh, Bally McKenney College. Ah, good woman yourself. I live close by there. It's a fantastic school. You're great. Lovely to talk to you today and keep that baking and everything and the swimming going. You're fantastic. Harry's there. Isn't Harry there? I'm going to have a word with Harry, aren't I? Hiya. Hi, Harry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for asking today. What's your second name? Tyrrell. Good man yourself, Harry Tyrrell. Well, Let's start with the same question to you. I won't be unfair. I'll ask you the very same thing. How much homework do you get from your teacher roughly each evening? Um, I wouldn't get too much. I'd normally get around three things a night. Right. And what? how long would it take you to get through those? Um, about 15 to 20 minutes. Good. Do you need help? Do you ever ask for help from your parents or, that, or do you just go ahead and do it yourself? Sometimes um, I might ask for help if I'm stuck on a maths question, but other than that, it's fine. Right. So you, when needed, you ask for it, which is the a- absolute right thing to do. Um, yeah. The length is not too bad. I'm hearing the same length from all of you, 15 to 20 minutes. Do you like doing homework? Is it something you, 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 you like doing or could you do without it? You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't say it's the best thing, but I'd, I would be able to do it. Yes. And say, you know, you're in sixth class as well, yeah? Yeah. So you're heading to secondary school next year. So imagine this situation. Say there was no homework. Would you be really happy about that? I would be very happy. (laughs) Okay. And next year you go into first year in secondary school and you know there's quite a bit of homework to be done and it ramps up as you go on. Do you not think that doing some homework like in primary school sort of maybe in a way prepares you a little for secondary school? Yeah, I I find that it w- it prepares you for the challenge the challenges that come on in secondary school, like exams and that. Hmm. And for you, we heard what the others do. You know, after you uh, go home, are you someone who does your homework quickly, or do you like to take a good break and do it later on in the evenings? Well, I take a good break later and do it later on in the evening. Ah, yes. So you have a little different way of working to to the others there. And and besides, what else after school? What do you get up to after school? Do you play with your friends? What goes on? Um, I normally just go straight to horse riding after school. Good man yourself. Great. And and, and are there ever days when you'd have to be told, or are you asked, have your homework done? 
Uh, yeah, pretty much every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Good on you. So there's a check on you at home to make sure that you have it done. And it must be great, though, coming into school the next day with it finished. Are there some that don't do the homework and arrive into the class? Uh, yeah, there is a few, but mostly it's because people would be forgetting their books at home or forgetting them in school. I see, I see. Yes, of course, there is always a reason for it to happen. You're fantastic. You're really great. Lovely to talk to you today, and I wish you well with the rest of the year and going ahead. What school, where are you heading to after sixth year? Um, I'm heading to St. Joseph's CBS. My old school, where I went many moons ago, another fantastic school. Well, good luck to you there as well, Harry. Thank, thank you. you so much. Put me back on to Brian, will you, uh, Mr. Yeah. Collins? Thank you. Okay. There you have it, Jerry. They're the opinions from the children in our school, or a sample, yes. sample cohort. And let me uh, tell you, they are so eloquent in the way they, you know, uh, put their thoughts across. I have to say, well done to you. They're, they're fine children. They really are. And their, pre- their families must be proud of them as well, too. And that is their own views. That's coming from, the, from them. Yeah. yeah, I would hope, like, I didn't yes. coach them. Oh, no. Have, no. Have, a, have, a think, have a think about yes. homework and the pros and cons. And yes. I'm sure, listen, no child enjoys doing homework. And mm. believe it or not, teachers don't enjoy giving or correcting it and we'd be delighted to have no homework but I think long term it may backfire uh, and I think there are there is a value to, to uh, even not even a non, uh, non-academic benefits to it like developing responsibility and time management developing study skills that they will need as they go on through the education system and I think the earlier they're you know embedded uh, the better you know mm. and, and that's come across to me listening today they'd love to have none of course and you're right teachers everybody would uh, we'd love to all have nothing to do in our lives but we have to <laughs> yeah. do things in every aspect of life and it's interesting to hear them say that you know it's no great burden on them they get it done they get to it and they see benefits I- I- in it as well funny yeah. like when you hear it coming up about the online isn't it that shuts the world today isn't it the, the connectivity between yeah, youngsters they yeah. don't even have to leave their kitchen no. to talk to their friends no. so, uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I think remains to be seen but uh, I'm, and I'm certain you may have you may have got some sounds of our Lord last Lord Lasterschule for Skull and You we have a, a, a celebration of St. Patrick's Day on here and there was Irish dancing going on in the background I'm not sure if any of that music carried across onto the phone line <laughs> But uh, it's a, uh, yeah. So no, it was, it, it was perfect, Brian said it was. I was tapping my toe a little bit. There was just a little <laughs> slight nuance of it, but not not at all. We Everybody came across loud and clear. It's great, and I thank you for arranging for us because, you know, we talk to teachers, we talk to people with opinions. It's nice to talk to the children themselves and hear what they feel about it and, and what they have to say. Really interesting indeed. You have a great school there. You run a wonderful school, and thank you. Uh, all the best for the National Fest. Holiday and everything else. Guramila Maya got to Brian. Slan. Ah, great, wasn't it? Talking to Harry, Georgia, and Daniel there this afternoon. Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. Whenever, whenever on your late lunch this uh, Wednesday afternoon. I, I want to mention somebody who passed away in recent days. Uh, what a fantastic man he was. Yes, the late great Paddy Hodgins, harbour master in Clotterhead. Uh, 
I had the privilege of interviewing Paddy extensively here on Late Lunch many moons ago and I touched base from a couple of times since and I remember being invited down to his house in Clarehead, the beautiful house that looks out over the bay and the mountains, coolly in the distance and the morns and what a lovely welcome I got and always when he'd be down around the pier, we'd be fishing for mackerel years ago, he'd always have a chat with you and a word for you. He was such a popular man, he had a lovely, lovely way about him, really one of life's gentlemen, he really was, Paddy, and um, he loved, he loved the sea, he loved Clotterhead, he loved the pier, he was delighted when the new pier came to fruition after years and years and what it brought to the place as well. But he was of Clotterhead, he loved the ground he walked on and with people, he always made them welcome, had a word for everybody. I can't say enough about him, but he's gone now. Uh, will be never forgotten Paddy Hodgins he was such a, a wonderful man I say again and to his family I extend my and LMFM sincere sympathies on their loss he made his mark and it will always be in his memory may he rest in peace Paddy Hodgins former harbour master at Clotterhead a great great man Loud County Libraries are in the news again but aren't they always in the news yes uh, she's back on late lunch it's been too long she's the acting Loud County Librarian Amanda Brannigan hello again hello Jerry. how are you it has been too long it has <laughs> it really has hey you know I always know that your libraries are a sanctuary anyway sure everyone would vouch for that what's this award Library of Sanctuary tell us please yeah, we are so proud. Um, we are the first library authority in Ireland to gain this award and we had a celebration in Dundalk Library last week um, to mark the award. So basically, um, the award recognises the good practice taking place across Loud Library Service and the contribution we're making to build a community of welcome for all those seeking sanctuary across Loud. So Places of Sanctuary, the organisation who um, awarded us um, uh, basically, their premise really is to promote the integration and inclusion and welfare of refugees, asylum seekers, vulnerable migrants, and anyone basically on the margins through a practical commitment to becoming places of welcome and sanctuary. And I mean, that's absolutely what Loud Library Service is all about and what we strive to be. So, um, I mean, we're tr- we are, as you said, traditionally places of, of mm. sanctuary in the space where integration happens. You know, we've an, an ethos of inclusivity for all. We have free membership. There are no barriers to registration anymore. So um, it, it's 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 just it's just really recognising, uh, you know, and, and and a credit really to what we do every day. I'm delighted for you. I really am because you and all the staff across your libraries in the county put so much into what you're talking about there. And it's fantastic that you're recognised. And of course, at the Vanguard, the first in Ireland. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. And for the wee county allowed, you know, we, we're, we're just delighted. And at the award ceremony last week, the, the award was presented to our CE, Joan Martin by the National Coordinator of Places of Ireland, um, Tiffy Allen. And she made a lovely speech, but um, she just said one of the things she highlighted was, and she called it the wonderful pioneering work that Loud Library Service are doing to make refugees and people seeking international protection feel welcome. Um, and that work should be a guiding light for libraries across Ireland. So, I mean, that's part of our work now, um, as, as, as being awarded... Um, you know, this credit is mm. to kind of continue to promote sanctuary yes. both within 
the towns in Louth and within all different organisations, such as schools, such as, you know, different towns can get sanctuary status. The DKIT, I know, are, are um, working on their sanctuary status. So, you know, it's not enough for us just to get it. We have to keep this now and continue to improve. Mm. And I mean, that's that's what we do. And I have to say it's and, and acknowledge the experience and the commitment and the enthusiasm enthusiasm of all our staff because we really have wonderful staff and without them we wouldn't be able to do the things we do so um, they go above and beyond to um, promote the service and, and, and make us the inclusive and welcoming space we are today. Well said and again I add my congratulations to what you say there. You mentioned schools so let's talk about youngsters for a moment and schools. You know the library today playing a part in school life and young people's lives what, what are, are they engaging? Is the engaging? You know, sure. I remember years ago, <laughs> God Almighty, when I think back, sure, we were we loved the library and we we went there and we borrowed our books. Is it still as important and significant in young people and school life today? It is. It is, and, and you know, we're very lucky again in Lloyd. We're one of the few library authorities who continue on with their specific school library service. Um. Many, many had to let it go just because of budgeting constraints. But we have our school van um, who's out on the roads every day. Um, we visit 74 primary schools across County Louth, try to get to them at least twice a year. Um, we have all sorts of different types of educational resources, class sets, class novels. We provide advice to school staff on setting up their own libraries because many schools, particularly new schools and desk schools, now have grants towards setting up their own libraries. Um, so we would provide advice to them, um, recommended reading lists. And then, you know, we invite the schools in then obviously throughout the year for our whole events programme, um, which ties in with all our different festivals, such as Right to Read. And obviously, again, you know, reader development and literacy promotion from the earliest age is really what we're about. And, you know, if, if you come into any of our branch libraries any day of the week, you know, we're they're just full of children from between parent and toddler groups, baby story time up to the oldest age you know mm. it's, it's 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 you know we, we we really do cater for everyone yeah. but the school service is brilliant and i have to say post covid obviously covid was kind of a game change for us and you know we didn't close we may have closed physically but virtually we were busier than ever because um that's where i suppose our electronic resources and our e-services really took off mm. um and again just my favorite word is you know jerry is free um everything <laughs> is free in my, my library services there's no barriers there's no charges you know everything whether you come in to borrow physically or you borrow electronically through our website everything is free so, I mean, it really is. But the school service, it was great to be able to get back on the road yes. once, you know, we were back working. Yeah. And, and um, it, it, it's, you know, we do, it's such a valuable service mm. um, for the teachers and, mm. and the children. Really good um, to hear. And, and good to hear, like, the engagement as well, uh, people coming into the libraries, of course, from the youngest age right through. What's this My Open Library service, please? Um, that's one of our newer services, um, which we launched, well, we had opened, launched my open library service in RD pre-COVID and then post-COVID last year we relaunched it along with opening our my open library service in Trahada. So basically the my open library service allows for um, access to the library to both RD and Trahada library seven days a week, 365 days a year from 8am in the morning until 10pm at night. So outside of our staffed hours, once you are um, a my open library member of which you have to be 
inducted and registered first, separate to your normal library membership. You can come in, you can access the library, you can borrow, it's all self-service. Um, you can borrow, you can study, you can book a meeting place, you can use our um, digital equipment. Um, so it's 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 been a lifesaver, particularly for students, students who are commuting, who, you know, are really stuck on study spaces. I mean, we're coming into, uh, obviously, a really busy study time between now and May for students, both third level and, um, obviously, junior and leaving cert students. Um, what we found is meeting spaces are you know, lacking across the county, particularly in rural areas. So for small community groups, small um, maybe senior citizens groups, you know, rather than them having to, you know, pay, you know, somewhere external to book mm. for their meeting, you know, they can come into either Drogheda and RD, book the meeting room up to 10 o'clock at night, seven nights a week. Um, people can obviously just come in and use the computers. They can book a computer from home. They can send printing from home to our printer. They can scan and then just come in and borrow and um, you know use the self-service kiosks and check out the books. It's been brilliant. This is the best service in Ireland. You won't hear of a better service anywhere on any radio station in Ireland today. It's free and look at that. You're spending over backwards to facilitate people and provide access to uh, rooms, etc. Digital. What about the digital end of things? So, um, along with um, the My Open, My Open Library service, we also launched last year our digital spaces. So we've we've been working hard and, and heavily invested, really, over the last number of years into um, our digital offering, basically where we can offer you know a twenty first century digital experience for people using the library services. So um, we invested um, you know a fair bit a bit of money in our whole suite of hardware. So we have everything from your regular PCs to iMacs, Hublets, we have a 3D printer, we have iPads, we have a whole gaming suite, virtual virtual reality. We have the magic tables which facilitate play and learning. Um, and then we have also meeting room spaces which digital digital flip charts, projectors, podcasting equipment. Um, so it's it's again all free to use. You know outside groups can come in with a facilitator or a trainer and, and book the spaces, book the equipment. Um, obviously, you know, we've always had ongoing computer classes for, you know, anyone that wants to really start up how to learn a computer or how to learn, use the internet and um, use iPads and that kind of thing. So it's it's just building on what we've always been able to offer and, and bring us, you know, really up into the 21st century. Children again, back. have to go back to children because they're great. I was talking to some children earlier on the show there about homework and doing homework and if they had none. I'm sure you um, get plenty of interesting, um, what would I say, engagements with children. All your staff do. We do. I mean, obviously, where would we be without them? And I mean, they can be, as you know, the toughest audience. So, you know, again, our staff do wonderful work every day with all different groups, particularly schools in, in offering tours and story time sessions and arts and crafts and music and the parent and toddler groups and they're really you know when if, when you come in if, if you come into a library um, it, it's just a joy to see I mean they're no longer as you know yourself from, from being in Dundalk and Drada libraries they're not the quiet places you, you, you know and, <laughs> and you know they're, they're just so vibrant but um uh, some of the some of the funny funny questions that we get asked, um, you know, anything from you know, if if I bring my own uh, paper for printing, do I still have to pay? You know, if if there's no fines anymore, uh, how do I how do you stop 
people from stealing the books. Hmm. Um, are there mean people in the library? I don't know whether they mean the customers or the staff. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the staff are never mean. Are there grumpy librarians? Absolutely no way. Um, we're always smiling. Um, you know, uh, yeah. how, much do, how much do we get paid? Oh. You always like to know that. Not yes. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who does, Amanda? Who does? Exactly. But the, the little minds, they're always oh, working overtime. Yeah, so inquisitive, so mm. inquisitive. Mm. But, know, but just on that, just and I know we spoke about it before, with no fines or that, in general, are people, you know, compliant? Do they, if they yeah. borrow the hard copies, do they come back? They are, I have to say. Um, I mean, look, you're always going to get there's always going to be a select few that won't return. But in general, I have to say, um, we've had no issues. And I mean, it was the same really with the My Open Library service. There was a worry at the beginning, particularly, I suppose, you know, students sometimes get a bad rap, mm. but um, would they take advantage of the service? And the absolute opposite has been, you know, they have asked for us to leave out more bins, to they clean up after themselves. I mean, it's, it's I have to say, every, everyone is so... Re- respectful and delighted to have this service that I think they know not to take advantage of it. You know, and I think in general with the fines, it has been a success, you know, and it has allowed us to gain more members, obviously, as well, and more visitor numbers coming in through the doors. So, yeah, I, mm. I, I, you know, it has been great. Yeah, oh, it is. And, you know, the networking of all the libraries, all that brings as well. You know, it's a real facilitator for learning and education. It's, it, it is tr- truly wonderful. And again, I know it's, I, I was sort of introducing you earlier about the shh thing and quiet. No, couldn't be further from the truth. No, they are vibrant, live, lively places. But I sure, I'm sure you remember it when you were. It was Cunis. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here long enough to remember those days. <laughs> well, no, I didn't mean to go down that road, but you know <laughs> no, what I'm saying. I, I remember it well, in, in indeed myself. Well, look at uh, well done to you. Congratulations to all concerned on the Library of Sanctuary Award, leading the way in Ireland, loud libraries, and long may that continue. And just saying to everybody, we want to mention again to everybody, you have a captive audience today. If people aren't members of the library, it's simple, isn't it, to join? It's very simple. You can join online through um, the Light County Council website or just feel free to call into any of the branches. We have five branches across Louds, Dundalk, Drogheda, RD, Dunlear and Carlingford. Um, it's free, as I said. Um, Loudcoco.ie is the website and just click on the library page um, and we'd be delighted to see everyone in. You're great. Love what you do. Thanks for joining me again today. Amanda Brannigan, Acting County Librarian. Don't leave it so long. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care yourself. Bye-bye. That's Amanda there, good friend of ours, on the show with the latest news from Loud Libraries. Roxette from the movie Pretty Woman. What a movie that was. What a song it is. Louise, you, you say the lead singer has passed away from Roxette, yes? According yes. to your information, yes? Yes, Um I'm just trying to see Marie Fredrickson. No. Seemingly she died, uh, I think it was a brain tumour or some type of cancer. Oh. Uh, December the 9th, 2019, she died. Ah, oh, that's sad to hear. Wonderful song, that. And wonderful really voice. Powerful voice. Absolutely powerful. What a powerful win at Cheltenham for trainer Patrick Neville. The real whacker. What a name. The real whacker won the novice's chase. It's a great name for a horse. Isn't it a great name? Yeah. That's that horse. What price was he? Uh, not, don't know what, a, a decent enough price I think but listen here's the thing that's the fourth win for that horse at Cheltenham really four runs four wins at Cheltenham 
and they're already talking about it being a prospect for the Gold Cup next year, the big race next year. There you go. And Impair at Passe won the first one, the opener today, the half one at five to two. So there you go. That's the latest from Cheltenham. More coming up on Sport here on LMFM shortly. Playing bingo for free for a month. Elaine Slammon, Pauline Connor, and Bernie Kinsley. Dancing Queen, the nickname for 17. Thanks to everybody who had a go at that there. And the best of luck to you. Drowning the shamrock on Friday, wearing the shamrock, the wearing of the green. Do you know, Louise, you that knows everybody in the Royal County and, yeah, and right. nearly knows everybody down in the Wheat County, does anyone grow shamrock in Loudham? Did you ever hear of anyone grown, no. growing shamrock in Loudham? I, I've searched, I can't, I, can't, I can't find anybody that actually grows nobody, shamrock nobody. On, know, a, on a relatively large scale, not a, yeah. you know. I wonder on any scale does anyone grow it? Yeah, because the biggest is West Kerry. They export mm. all over the world. I know that there's a huge plant there that just grows shamrock. You know, um, but I wonder does anyone do it? And and do you wear do you wear the shamrock on the seventeenth? You know, the, are you a shamrock wearer? Do you? Gosh, the, do you remember you used to see people and they nearly have, <laughs> nearly the whole chest would be they'd covered. Have, they'd have they'd have in a this plant. They'd have a plant on their chest. <laughs> yeah. The wood. You know them ones with the plant on their chest. Yeah, and it uh, or, or the sympathetic it's like camouflage. From the neck down. <laughs> oh, the St. Patrick's Day badge. Oh, yeah, do you remember the badge? Did you have your badges? Yeah. Mrs. Brown, the badges. The yeah. badges. Did you have your Saint, do they Do they still, they do them, I still, I'd say, for children. Do they St. Patrick's Day would. badges as well? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you know, some people really go to extremes, don't mm-hmm. they? They really do the greening. Uh, in terms of what they wear and the shamrock the and the badges, the hats, of course, yes. The as leprechaun well. hats. Oh, stop. No. No? No, no, no. You no, won't no. be getting no. that hat out that I, that you once admitted to have, no? N- uh, the one that you have in the hot press. No, I haven't yeah. got a leprechaun yeah, right. hat. <laughs> yeah, please, you have. I haven't. <laughs> I have not. Have you the curly shoes? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? No curly shoes either. There's somebody saying O'Neill's on the Cooley Peninsula, Gros Shamrock. Ooh, we'll have to get in contact with them. Yes, right, yeah, there's somebody telling us that there. Anyway, just come into us as we speak. No, I don't have that. I was never mm. really into the I, 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 parades. Yes, when I worked with Aircom Telecom, I was involved in putting together the floats for a number of years for sure. But I don't think I've been at a parade since. Mm. I probably got me fill of them. You know did that you? type of way? Yeah, yeah, I think I did. I got me fill of them. It's often freezing, isn't it? Oh, Nearly simpa- always. I always say, St. Patrick's Day should be switched to the 17th of June. Yeah, why was it in March anyway? What a negative he was, or whoever had the audacity to have it on the 17th of March on the coldest day of the year. No. But, having said that, it was a great thing when we didn't have the 1st of February off. Because it was, the, it was yeah, am it was I right the, in saying it's the first yeah. bank holiday since Christmas? True. So it kind of breaks up Ah. The period between Christmas and Easter. Bridget usurped them. And <laughs> <laughs> the women, you couldn't And be. neither of them are real saints, so there you go. Oh, listen, and when I tell you about the O'Neill's people, uh, mea culpa, they're telling us that they li- delivered a box to us here last year. Do you remember <gasps> that? Do you remember Shamrock coming in here last year? No. Do you? I no. can't even remember being here last year. Somebody probably skedived off with it and the rest was you know. But we have a number. It. We'll give them a ring. Oh, yeah, we'll give them a shirt. We'll, we'll be in touch. We're going to talk to you. We're going to Did talk you to ever grow shamrock? No, but I've picked it in the fields. It grows wild. You know that yourself. Three leaf shamrock. Don't pick the clover. Go for the shamrock. And we'll have to give those people a shirt about the shamrock. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear.
And today it's the number two from this very week in 2007. And it is a Gwen Stefani song called The Sweet Escape. It's a song about an apology uh, for a fight between two lovers. That's the uh, uh, whole uh, theme running through the song. It reached the top 10 of most singles charts across the world. And in the United States, it peaked at number two, especially after Stefani uh, performed on American Idol that year. It gave it a huge boost and a huge lift. On this side of the world, the song came in the UK singles chart straight in at number three, selling 30,000 copies in its first week, which was big, big, big at the time. And the following week, which is this very week, it peaked at number two. Never made it to the top spot, but number two it was. Yes, my number two from this week in 2007. Here it is for you, Gwen Stefani. Stefani, number two this week in 2007 in my top five countdown. Big, big hit for a number two, highest spot on the UK charts. And tomorrow, final day of the week, this bank holiday, St. Patrick's Week, I'll bring you my number one. It's a cracker too, I have to say. I think we'll call 3.15 on late lunch this week. McCullough quarter hour. We had Kate on Monday, live from the Oscars. The brother's on the line now. Dara, hello again. The lowly brother, you're, you're, you have it to re- revert. You go down the celebrity list now, Jerry. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Oh, you must be delighted for her. What a what an honour. Ah, yeah, no, it's great. She hasn't actually made it home yet. Um, so uh, I'd say the eyes of the head and be a bit, a bit bleary on her for another while um, before she gets herself straightened out after all that partying because it was just one big long party. You kind of got that from the interview, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. She was great. Got up in the middle of the night even to talk to us. Anyway, Daffodil Day. Oh, Daffodils, we weep to see you waste away so soon when yet the early morning sun has not attained its noon. They're not gone yet, Dara. Whoever said you weren't a poet? Who? <laughs> Who? Uh, yes, we have the zappies. They're still blooming furiously in the field. Millions of them. Uh, we uh, Here's a, a calculation for you. We plant about 30 acres of daffodils every year. Um, and in an acre, we plant about eight tons. I hope all the uh, school children have got their pencils sharpened now for this. And in each ton, there's 25,000 bulbs. How many bulbs do we plant a year? 25,000 by eight is two... Uh, yeah, I mean, is one, two, it's a lot. Three. It's a lot by 30 acres. Oh, my God. Millions. Millions. Millions and millions of bulbs we plant every year. And uh, our fr- we, because we leave them down for three years, we... We the, the first year we don't actually pick any of the flowers off the field because for two reasons. Number one, uh, they haven't really rooted into the ground uh, properly. So if we go tugging at them, we risk pulling the bulb out of the ground altogether with the stem. And the second thing is that they've 
tend to burst into flower at a shorter length. We need a minimum of kind of 12 inches on the stem. So we leave them alone for the first year. And the result of that is that we have these first year fields every year that look absolutely glorious at this time of the year. They're bursting into full bloom, millions and millions of blooms, untouched. Mm. And I've been swearing for years that I would... um, you know, organise something because the public, I always get phone calls from, you know, photography clubs and yes. brides and all kinds of all sorts uh, looking to take photos in the fields, get the photos of themselves in the fields, whatever. And uh, it's a little bit, you know yourself, public liability and it's a bit messy and of course we're up to mm. our tonsils at this time of the year trying to get ready for Mother's Day and St. Patrick's Day and all the rest of it. But I said, come on, we'll do it. We, if, we, if we don't do it this year, we'll never do it. So we uh, set up, uh, teamed up with the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre in Drogheda and uh, basically having a charity open day. So we're charging people a fiver ahead into the fields. They can go and selfie their heads off. They can pick as many flowers as they want and uh, all for a fiver ahead and all the money going to the Gary Kelly oh. Cancer Support Unit. Good on you, Darren McCullough and everybody at Elm Grove. What a wonderful gesture this is. Now, I just happen to be looking and... And the tickets have just walked out of the place. <laughs> the last thing I saw last night before I went to bed was that there was people offering to resell them. I yes. thought, lads, hang on a second. This is for charity now. Don't be reselling your tickets yeah. because I think what's driven it slightly bonkers is that we've sold out online. Now, if there are people out there who really, really, really want to get to our daftal fields this St. Patrick's Day, then they can contact our shop uh, at Elm Grove Farm there. It's um, 041-988-4389. Talk to uh, one of the ladies in the shop and we try and facilitate uh, people as best we can. But um, yeah, uh, they're sold out online. Next thing is people going, oh, I've got four tickets that I'm prepared to sell. I'm going, Mm. "Ah, hang on, lad. There was a fiver ticket and we're handed over to charity. Don't try and profiteer on it now. But sure, you never know uh, with people, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully they're doing that and then they're going to pass on their sale money to to you or to the charity as well. I'll just mention that number again. 0419884389. So this is happening on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day and the fingers are crossed and the toes are crossed that we're going to have a bit of decent weather um, because of course you look out your window today it's absolutely miserable um, and uh, it's such a shame because it was such a dry spring you know January and February were so unseasonally dry mm. um, and uh, as soon as I Darren McCullough decides oh come on we'll open up the fields and, and invite the public in the, the skies opened but uh, look I'm, I'm an optimist I have to be I'm in the farming game um, and I think we're going to get a couple of dry hours on yes. Friday and you know what sometimes it doesn't need to be actually blue blue skies to get really gorgeous pictures in the fields because if it's slightly overcast mm. the flowers still really pop they're, they're like a real blaze of colour against an otherwise quite muted landscape so um, I think it's still going to be great to be there Yeah I've looked at the forecast you're right it'll be 
mild, which is great. You know what I mean? 15, 16 yeah. degrees, showery, but there's certainly breaks in it as well. But stick the wellies on or a good pair of boots if you're going and there won't be a bother and it's as simple as that. God, the weather <laughs> drives you guys. It must drive you mad, Dara. You know what I mean? Uh, the- sure, look at when the... Uh, and- I mean, I was uh, praying for that the dry period would last for another week. But of course, uh, my neighbour and partner in the dairy operation was praying for rain because uh, the gra- they, he needed the grass to grow. The cows are all have all calves now. There's a um, couple of hundred hungry uh, cows out there every day hunting for grass. And with it being so dry, the grass just wasn't really shifting. So he's delighted now. I'm crying into my cornflakes. The old adage, you can't keep everybody happy all the time. No, and uh, that's the vagaries of a little island that lies off the Atlantic. That's what we're open to. How long, just before we finish up, will will the daffodils pick for? When is your season, you know, running uh, out? Yeah, we're going to be picking daffodils right up to Easter and beyond. You right. see, we have about 40 different varieties, and the first of them start to bloom in January, can you believe? And the very latest of them, there'll be all kinds of queer-looking yolks with uh, double and triple heads and fray fragrance and orange cups and yellow petals and all kinds of things um, and uh, they all those unusual types come later in the season in fact they're just starting to come now um, so we'll be picking away in the fields pretty much every day between now and Easter and even beyond yes. and even with you know climate change and the seasons coming and going and change like you know you never really know from one year to the next if it's going to be a dry or a wet year or a cold or a warm year and yet the daffies always do their thing you know um, Come even when I think back to 2010 when we had that minus 15 weather, Dafta still like it didn't hurt the bulls. They okay, they were a bit slower coming out of the ground, but uh, they came. So they did, they're good, all reliable. Fantastic, Dara. Wish you well. Thanks for joining me again. You're very welcome. Thanks Take so care much. yourself. Bye bye. Elm Grove Farm. Oh four one nine double eight four three eight nine is the number that you call if you want to book in for uh, the uh, Daffodil Day walk there uh, with uh, Dara and everybody involved. As I said, I spotted there that the uh, the uh, tickets online went, but you can still uh, take part. And he's right there. People love to get the pictures taken in Daffodil Fields. You can pick them. It's a fantastic idea. And all money's going to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre as well. Part of the push, the big push for Daffodil Day. And we'll, we'll be talking about Daffodil Day uh, next week on the show. Overpriced tomorrow for you. I have a prize and a half and late lunch tomorrow for you. I have a hamper worth 750 euro. It's a beauty hamper from a local pharmacy. It has everything in it and it's in conjunction with Mother's Day. So for mammies, we want a mammy to win this hamper on late lunch tomorrow. 750 euro, genuinely worth that amount of money. Make sure you join us on late lunch tomorrow and I'll tell you how you can win that hamper for your mammy and it's for the mammies. That's the important thing and we will be back for the final show of the week tomorrow, 1.30. We'll see you then. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.